welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh, and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about Ralph Breaks the Internet, the sequel to 2012's Wreck-It Ralph. I'm happy to be joined by The Rewind's animation correspondent, Joe Morgan. Joe, how's it going? Good, Josh. Happy to talk about Ralph today. Yeah, so I'm interested to talk about this one with you because in the last month or two i've been talking to you about what you were going to see and you're like i'm excited to see this because i think it's just going to be some ridiculous like version of the emoji movie which i was like one i was like maybe i shouldn't have been surprised you saw the emoji movie because like you work in animation and it's probably like professional obligation type of thing but it was one that i never even bothered like learning about even though that came out since i've been doing the movie podcast and thing everyone's like this is really bad and i mean i hadn't seen wreck it ralph until like a week ago but I like had known that that was like like a fairly well respected movie, and I'm like, what is why is Joe have this? Did Joe not like Wreck It Ralph? Why is he already comparing this new one to the Emoji Movie? So like, what was your relationship <laughs> with the first Wreck It Ralph, and what gave you like Emoji Movie vibes going into this one? Because I'm guessing you probably enjoyed this one more than you enjoyed the Emoji Movie. Yeah, so I guess Wreck It Ralph. Um, I really enjoyed that movie. I think the one hiccup I have with it is that uh, it kind of gets lost in its setting a bit like so it's i really think it's like a video game world that you're supposed to be in yet you spend like most of the movie in a pseudo candy land which right. kind of felt like you know a little bait and switch with like all right here's a movie about video games and then you're in candy land the whole time which you know it's really cute and clever and like i'm not going to sit here and like you know trounce it because wreck it ralph's a great movie but um that's just like my one hiccup with that one but overall i like it a lot uh, with this one, when I first saw the trailers for it, I just thought, oh, no, because uh, Disney's big thing is, you know, or at least on the animation side is making things that are kind of timeless or they're very much of a very specific era. And I was worried that it was like their attempt to be current. And I was like, this might get dated very quickly. And right. I'm not sure how it fit into the canon of their overall library. Yeah, it's funny. So, it's funny you said yeah. that, though, about like Wreck-It Ralph being stuck in one place because we should say i mean obviously it's in the title but ralph breaks the internet takes our main characters from the original movie uh ralph the video game character voiced by john c Riley, and vanellope the race car driver from the Candyland type sugar rush game that joe is referring to voiced by sarah silverman a wi-fi router is brought into their arcade and after ralph tries to help make vanellope's game a little more exciting and create a new track for her causes the player of the game to diverge from what Vanellope is trying to do, breaks the steering wheel. They need to go find a new steering wheel so the game doesn't go away forever, and they use the Wi-Fi router to go into the internet, which obviously is the exact opposite of setting it in Candyland because it creates vast possibilities. But I see what you're saying, like why you were maybe a little concerned with like how they were going to pull that off and maybe make a feel of peace with other certain Disney movies, which actually in a funny way come into play later, which we can talk about. But yeah, um, but yeah. So uh, quickly, like I get your concern there. What what was the parallel with the emoji movie? Is that seems like it almost might be slander if you someone from Disney heard you say that? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So um, going into it, like as someone who like I watched the emoji movie when it came to Netflix, and um, I just thought. Oh boy, like, <laughs> what are we doing here? And I remember watching the Emoji movie and just being like, oh my gosh, this is literally just like every scene or sequence is like a commercial for something. And uh. like, oh, this, yeah, like, I don't know. And like, they're, okay, just real quick, the Emoji movie has an entire sequence that takes place in a Dance Dance Revolution type app. 
which doesn't make any sense on a smartphone. Why would you play Dance Dance Revolution on a smartphone? <laughs> you can't do that. I mean, you might as well be playing Guitar Hero on a smartphone. It doesn't matter. You're just using your thumbs. So, like, yeah, I mean, that's all I'll get to on that one. But I was just no. kind of worried. We- well, so it's interesting that was your concern because here there is there are some references and there are some you, – you do see some – actual internet brands but i think where we like where, where they actually use internet services the most you don't actually hear that much of that besides uh ebay which is kind of mm. it makes sense how they work ebay into it like where else would you find like a really random part for an old arcade game and yeah, yeah. i i actually think the the I, I i thought the scenes were clever with the the search engine character who i guess is oh, yeah. voiced by alan tudyk who did turbo in the original one if i understand correctly if i i, I looked that up beforehand so that was funny but it's not like they're calling him mr google or something like that um, yeah so but so it's kind of they do like make use of internet functions in certain ways and i thought the pop-up thing was really funny with uh, i guess <laughs> I, I didn't realize that i should have realized i didn't realize it was bill Hader till after the fact but like mm. there's stuff like that that's like oh yeah that's a funny way of representing what the internet is if you're on the inside but they're not it doesn't feel like blatant product placement even with the the youtube thing either they're not calling it youtube but i mean they're kind of it, it makes sense like that's how it works if you became a youtube star it happens fast and you make a lot of you might make a little bit of money but it takes a lot to start making money in the first place yeah i think that was my i think that was the big thing to leave like as i watched it i was sort of thankful that they either created something entirely new or they relied on very classic brands, like you know when they when they passed like the Google Tower and uh, Ralph's like, oh, it looks like a good place to get goggles. Like that's like a nice <laughs> like it was like a funny one off joke about like, oh, here's a huge internet brand. We're not going to like completely like sit here and dwell on it. Like eBay, the the thing made total sense, and then like they were able to find things with like uh, knows more the uh, the the autocomplete search right, function right, right, and right. then the BuzzTube. Yeah, like as you said, just you know. Uh, creating things that like are of the culture and probably won't become dated very quickly. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, we're always, yeah, always probably going to have search engines. Yes, exactly. So um, yeah, a lot of my concerns are, are really alleviated and I actually thought they did a lot of fun, interesting things with um, that sort of stuff. So yeah. yeah. And with the, I mean, and just with something about the internet, I mean, like there's obviously going to be like a lot of ways to comment on things and, uh, draw real world parallels that I think are going to be more apparent to someone that's older than the target demographic largely for a PG movie or an animated movie. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think it's interesting because the first one was more simply a movie about just like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, this, this movie is about friendship too, but it, this, I think the first one is just like a simpler story that's i mean a little easy for the kids to grasp onto you know the guy who doesn't feel like he belongs and then he kind of finds his purpose and makes a friend and all that but like here i mean like there's like a there's a lot of stuff going on at the same time about like that you're not really gonna really want the six you're not gonna have the six-year-olds pick up on you know what i mean like where you're talking about controlling male entitlement toxic masculinity stuff that comes up into play i mean like this movie does get kind of dark um and not even just with the dark web scenes which are actually kind of funny. <laughs> uh, i mean how do you think it did overall just like striking a balance between like being something that's gonna like uh kind of entertain the little ones but also give everyone else something else to chew on yeah like that was the thing like it seemed the the ralph Penelope dynamic and their whole arc of you know becoming independent people outside their relationship which, which i guess is a 
succinct way to kind of sum it yeah. up. Um, I thought that was really um, mature for the kids, and I didn't know if children audiences would necessarily understand that on its face, and they maybe need to see it more than once. Because I, I remember sitting there in the theater, and um, it was like a mix of kids and adults in uh, my screening, and um, there was one part of the movie I was watching, and like this is this is awful for a discussion, but I can't remember the exact scene. But I was just like, I I kind of looked at like the kids uh, like a few rows over, and I was just like, are they gonna like do they get that? And um, yeah, maybe that just might be me underestimating the children. Like maybe maybe they do get it. You know, I mean, you know, I was a I don't know. I was kind of a dumb kid, so maybe it would have flown over my head. But uh, yeah, there were certain aspects of it that felt very, um, you know, they resonate with me. Obviously, being an adult and who's and someone who's moved around a lot. But um, yeah, I was like, I was like, I wonder if kids are going to get this. And yeah, maybe I'm just not giving enough credit to, to no, young people. No, no, I was just kind of curious. I mean, like, I don't want to. I, I don't. I, I think because I think it did what it wanted to do very well, and I don't want to dock it too much. But I was just kind of curious what you dock because I mean I appreciated kind of what it was doing, and I think at the same time, like I think a kid can leave that movie thinking like, yeah, like you shouldn't like you you shouldn't try and control your friends. Like I think it's something they can certainly uh, take from that. You got to let your friends uh, be their own people, and you don't get to make all your decisions for them or something like that. But I mean. It's just it, it gives us something to think about as well, and I and it gives the kids something fun to look at. Where you have, uh-huh. uh, you know, I mean, I, I and that that is one thing about the I like better about this movie than the first one is that like I think Ralph like I I like the arc that Ralph went on better because I'll talk about that in the first one in a second. But when you have all the Ralphs combining to make the big Ralph, like that's going to be mm-hmm. a fun visual for the kids to look at, if nothing else, and maybe they'll take something more for it. But at the same time, I think it is like a little bit symbolic of like like the herd mentality on the internet in like some of the not as healthy places you might go and i think they mm-hmm. had they had to have that obligatory never read the comments thing and oh, yeah. which i mean very true don't read the comments but uh, like on top of that it's like there are some certain cesspools where you can go to where like just probably a lot of like anonymous dudes are going to gang up on you or something like that yeah. and that's like a way of i think that was an interesting way of like visually showing that at the same time and while the kids are going to think it's funny to see a bunch of ralphs crawling together like you can take something else from that at the same time and i mean one of these days i'm going to find like i'm going to maybe have like my seven-year-old cousin on this with me and for one of these movies just to see what she thinks and uh <laughs> then i can get both sides of it but like i don't know i think it's funny because like i think i went through like a um, I went through maybe like a four or five year stretch or maybe even longer than that where I just like wasn't going to animated movies and I think I was just kind of like th- assuming they were more for little kids and mm. um, I, and I was wrong to do that you know like I, I just didn't understand that like you could go take something more from it than what the little kids get from animated movies and now it's like funny to go to one and be like was there as much for the little kids there as I think there should have been or am I just too old to really get it you know yeah you know I think it'd be fun to ask a kid um what they thought of this movie, because one thing that when you were talking, I just kind of, I had a self realization. It's like, I didn't really grow up with the internet in its current form. Like I, I remember being like in cub scouts and being like 10 or 11 years old. And they're like, Ooh, the internet, what is it? <laughs> and, um, I would, I would go to like braves.com and like read about baseball. And like, that was the extent of the internet to me. Like, you know, like everything else was like, you know, <laughs> like chat. And that was about it. Like, growing up in middle school and high school and stuff. So it's just like, yeah, I'd be interested to see like what the online perspective is for like, you know, seven, eight, nine year olds now and what that culture is like. Cause I'm sure it's like completely foreign to my seven, eight, nine year old experience. Right. So 
maybe this movie uh, resonates with them in ways that I didn't even think were possible just because of my own limited scope. So Yeah, one thing um, I almost think they could have done more of with this movie is just more of like the people interacting on the internet itself. Like you, you had these avatars that are, are where their person is getting sent after they have put in a search and they're looking for the result. But it, and I guess there is some of that with the, I guess we didn't even really talk about the racing game. Um, and, oh, yeah. uh, de- was it called death race or is it called slaughter race? Slaughter race sorry. Yeah. And <laughs> okay. I guess that is an example of, uh, those characters. It's, it's, it, it, it was actually kind of confusing to think about. And I was thinking about it in first in terms of the sugar rush thing. And it's like, wait, like Vanellope keeps talking about how she always wins, but like, isn't she being controlled by like other characters and i'm like oh no wait that is maybe she has like the best ratings or something on the game and that's why people would want to play with her but then i'm like now that they're in the internet these uh slaughter race characters are being controlled by humans i guess you see that with the one kid and his mom um or grandma or something like that and Uh there's a little bit of that but it's almost like you could have had i mean it gets a little weird when you actually have the actual person like vanellope that's really is just a video game character talking to a real person but I guess the Gal Gadot character was a real person, and it's all. And I, I don't know if the Taraji P Henson uh, Yas uh, character was uh, was a real person. But like, I wanted you could have almost had more of like weird interactions like that. Like this is how people interact online, and and as, as opposed to it's like here is where the search term takes us, or here is how a pop up ad works. Though I really did like the pop up ad thing, and I thought that was like a fun, uh, yeah. a fun <laughs> rabbit hole to go down. I think the distinction, at least in Slaughter Race, was that if it was like a player, they had like the name above their head. Because remember at the beginning where those two people get to that level. And I think Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot, I, I don't know how to say that. I feel terrible about it. But, I heard like um, three anyway. people last week have that same conundrum on a podcast, so don't feel bad. Yeah, okay. I'll join that crowd. But um, yeah, I think, I think her – I think Shank and her entire crew, they were all uh, just game avatars. Oh, and then, um, and then, like for BuzzTube, like all the, all the human users were like the had kind of the blockheads, right? Um, that could then give the hearts. Yeah, and then Yas was just like the was like an was like knows more or Bill Hader's pop up guy, um, but uh, you know, I forgot my point. Uh, yeah, but like that would have been interesting, I think, to interact because, like, yeah, like you said, because you were talking about like was the dynamic of the video game character interacting with human characters and. I was like, yeah, like I wonder if there's a situation where someone from the outside would have been able to communicate with them and what that might have meant. Well, I think that I think that line gets blurred <laughs> even more about who's real, what's a video game character, and then what the what these Disney princesses are. And because oh, yeah. I, I I enjoy the arc that Vanellope goes on and her like because I mean I I, I kind of get that like if. You, like, they don't they didn't really know any better when they were just within their own games and she was excited when like she didn't even win the race but ralph made a new track for her that's how bored she actually was so it made sense that like getting even a taste of something different would like really make her question herself and i think some people are going to be like really cynical about the whole uh disney digression and because that maybe is kind of like the product placement you were talking about maybe not as blatant because this is just disney itself as opposed to disney taking a check from some other corporation but like they spend a lot of time in whatever this disney part of the internet is and then she runs into all of these disney princesses and i mean some are going to criticize that and call it too fan servicey but i thought that that scene was like written so well and like had such fun commentary that i didn't even really care if it did it feel that a piece with the rest of the movie 
yeah, I liked that it serviced the plot. You know, I mean, sure, you could have had it not be Disney princesses, but I really felt like they did a good job of making sure that that scene like really serviced uh, Vanellope's arc. And because like the big thing about the Disney princesses, and you know, as everybody knows, is they all have their "I Want" song, which they go into detail like in the movie, <laughs> and like it's like they all know like exactly what they want like in the movie, and they sing it like in the first ten minutes, and. We're like halfway through the movie and Penelope like has that feeling of like not belonging and she doesn't really know what she wants, you know. And um, I thought it was just kind of a as someone who is, you know, well, uh, very familiar with the Disney uh, animated canon, at least it was it was a nice sort of juxtaposition there <laughs> to, uh, you know, have, you know, these all these princesses who know what they want from the beginning. Uh, in their own respective movies pitted against Penelope's uncertainty. And then her, I want song is brilliant and fun and uh, yeah. a, really, <laughs> a really great uh, parody, self parody of uh, that whole uh, concept for Disney. So right. uh, yeah, so it didn't feel, it didn't feel as extra or fan service as I thought it would, which was a nice, was a nice uh, surprise. Did you pick up as you're watching it that like, because you know these movies better than I do that they basically had everyone to that voice those characters even like uh, Pedro Hera and stuff like like it was like they got like their more original oh, yeah. voice cast that was that was that was kind of a cool surprise that they just like got all these people from like these really like classical Disney movies to like all of a sudden be in a movie called Ralph Breaks the Internet I like that like you said <laughs> could, could potentially not age well in theory they they all still like were down to get the gang together for that it was just kind of funny to think about. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's kind of funny. You, you know, you mentioned Paige O'Hara too. It's like, she started feeding the beast and like, I mean, she probably was voicing that character in like 1989, 1990. And like, as they're making that movie and just to imagine like Ralph, Ralph breaks the internet, even being a thing, like computer <laughs> animation. Try, wasn't even. try explaining the plot of Ralph breaks the internet to her in 1989. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's it's just wild to think about, but uh, and then uh, screenwriter uh, Pamela Ribbon had a cameo as uh, Snow White in that scene, uh, in those scenes too. So that's pretty cool too. But, gotcha. Yeah. Well, what about um? I, I mean, we, we I kind of already like jumped to the end at the beginning of the podcast earlier. Like, I mean, I'm not really worried about a spoiler section for Ralph breaks the internet. You know, it's like <laughs> this isn't a movie where people die and stuff like that. So, not really any like huge spoilers. I think people can guess that a Disney movie is going to have a pretty happy ending. But uh, I don't. Know. What, oh, well, my point was that like though I that I said I was going to make but didn't actually end up making was that like it makes sense that like. Ralph has to learn this lesson and he kind of understands that he is going to I mean it happens pretty fast once he realizes like he screwed up by putting the virus in there he he kind of learned he has to be like too controlling and all that and like I think it's like an interesting arc for him to go on whereas I think my biggest criticism with the first even more like like I, I get what you're saying about the setting and that even though that's not really something I thought about was more just like I didn't actually think it put him in like that difficult of a moral conundrum but yet still called him out for like making a wrong choice it's like he's told in that movie that like if he doesn't stop vanelope from going in this race that like she's gonna die and mm-hmm. he is and like obviously she's upset when he like tries to stop her from going in this race but like it's like the movie at the same time is wanting to like make him out to be the bad guy for like when he doesn't actually know any better at all 
And mm-hmm. I mean, he ends up like learning a lesson in the end that like, look, I mean, there's more than one way to be a hero and he does like a really selfless thing. But I thought like the movie was trying to like put him on like some kind of redemptive arc that I didn't necessarily think was necessary because I didn't think he did anything really all that wrong in that. And like, whereas here mm-hmm. he, he clearly does and he, I don't know, he, he learns like a good lesson. And that's where I thought the movie was just kind of stronger in the second half. And I thought it did a good job of like, getting that message across and we already debated a little bit about how much that like would resonate with little kids, but it resonated with me. Yeah, absolutely. Because in this movie, the, yeah, because in the first record, Ralph, he finds out from King Candy that Penelope well, wrongly finds out that Penelope racing and winning the race would ruin the game, which was, you know, obviously a lie meant to deceive him. So when he crushes the car, you're at least like with him and you understand why he's doing it, even though it breaks Penelope's heart. And in this one, it's just, you know, the things he does are completely motivated by his own character weakness and um, really allows for more growth in that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? I mean, I guess I should say, yeah, like, so. we're, not, we're not made out to think that Ralph is the bad guy when he's doing that, but it's like, yeah, he's just acting on, like, someone else's lie, and it doesn't really feel like he's having to, like, learn uh, as much about himself. And, exactly. And, yeah. and, and also, like, I mean, we, we kind of know that all the other people in his game are just, like, bad. Like, you know, I mean, he, he what he does, I guess, is, like, kind of selfish in, in the first one. And when he's, like, kind of roaming outside the game, going, kind of going turbo, as they call it. And But at the uh-huh. same time, it's like, uh, yeah, I guess he's putting them at risk, but, like, they're being huge assholes to him. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I, I don't feel like he's done anything wrong there. Like, I, I think he's just kind of, like, following what his head is telling him to do, and... It's fine, but like I just think that there, it, it's just like calling on him to do a lot more uh, soul searching here, and I just found that more interesting. Um, yeah. Were there any other? Uh, were, were there any other? Um, is there anything else I didn't touch on as far as any of the cameos or just any of the other quirks about the internet that jumped out to you that you wanted to talk about? Uh, we got a Stan Lee cameo, which was um, nice to see. Um, oh, and, I. I, and- I Sorry, go ahead. Did you did you did you, did you notice it? In the, no, no, no. That's what I was gonna say. I mean, oh yeah, I, I was probably and I I was with a, I went to the movie with a friend that's probably even a bigger Marvel fan than me, and I don't think he even mentioned it. Oh yeah, there's there's that part in Oh My Disney where um, Vanellope's running away from the stormtroopers and she runs by Iron Man and then Stanley like pops around, uh, which you know it was nice to see. Um, oh, and man, then I missed it. Dang. yeah, you know, I guess generally like I thought they had a lot of fun with the internet without. Uh, Dating itself. Okay, the one thing I wanted to say is um, if you haven't seen the uh, trailer with <laughs> – the one thing I was disappointed about is you have the trailer where they're in the um, the pancake or milkshake game, right. which um, I thought that was a really funny scene in the trailer, and it ended up not being in the movie, which was – um, you know, which happens all the time. But, but they comment um, – but, but, but no, that was in the post credit sequence. Oh, okay. So yeah, I didn't sit through the credits. So okay. Yeah. So the thing is, I had that's the thing. I I didn't really get to fully appreciate either because I watched the trailer like once and I didn't watch it again. So I had kind of forgotten about that. So mm-hmm. when I was watching like the post credit scene, the friends I was with, like they totally got what was going on because they were like talk, uh-huh. they were like talking about like I think they commented on like that not on that scene not being in the movie, and, uh-huh. and then they did the pancake thing, and I was like, what? And so I was really confused because I hadn't watched the trailer, but that is incorporated into the post credit sequence. So okay, cool. Kind of weird. So <laughs> I think you, it'll, it'll make more sense to you if you can just go and look it up on the internet at some point once it's there. 
but but yeah, I mean, like I I I think I um I don't know, like I again I I, I enjoyed the movie as a whole. I think it was. I, I do think it'll be really interesting to revisit in ten years, um, even mm. if like in certain ways maybe it does become dated. At least it'll at least be interesting once to see how, um, even if it makes it less rewatchable. I don't know, but I think we talked about like they made good use of the internet features. Like there's always going to be a YouTube type thing on the internet. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. There's always going to be search bars, and I, I think some of what I was saying with like interaction on the internet or just other services, it could have even been like a news type of thing or. Because there wasn't actually, like, they didn't really do any social media type stuff at all. I don't know how that would have looked, but that's just a very big yeah. component of the internet that wasn't there. And maybe it's because they were being cognizant of this stuff we're talking about and not wanting to do something that could easily change yeah. down the road. Uh, like, I mean, I guess the the first time this movie came out, like, I guess it came in 2012. So I guess it would have been made in 2011 when Twitter had barely become a big thing at that point. So, mm. I mean... I guess that's probably their thinking as part of this is like things can really change in six years and they had to be selective with that kind of stuff. And I don't know. I mean, I guess it will be cool to revisit, but I'm glad I checked it out. And I, um, I don't know. I, I just thought there were parts of it that were I don't know, pretty clever. I mean, I, I even laughed at some of the dumb jokes, like when they first like got to eBay and like they were one of the auctions was for like a lightly used hip or something like that. Like there were some really fun like aside side jokes that I'm sure like if I watched it again I would pick up on because I think maybe with a movie like this like I'm maybe I'm just getting distracted by like looking at all the stuff and I bet I did miss some like other funny one liners and things like that because it is a lot to take in. I, I, I don't know. That that was one other thing I want to ask you. Like regardless of like how some of this stuff ages with the brand names you're seeing, uh, how did you think it compared visually to something like? In the last couple of years, like we've seen, like uh, the last couple of ones I'm thinking of, at least were like Moana and Coco and Zootopia, which I guess is made by some of the same guys. Um, which I, that was the other thing. God, I keep thinking of stuff I meant to talk about, and then I'm just like bringing it up after the fact. But like, I thought, um, I, I guess you can. It's not surprising that it was made by the guys that made Zootopia because that movie like has like a pretty good message, that, like Trojan horses in there that I think the kids can get. Just like mm-hmm. about acceptance in general, and I, I almost think that works better than whatever they're trying to do here. But I don't know. I, I was going to ask you visually about just like these movies because like Zootopia is obviously like giving you just like a different city, but like they're showing you like a lot of different types of city. Whereas like Coco is just like a, I don't know. That was like a whole lot, uh, which is we I guess we talked about last year. But like I mean that was like a really cool looking different kind of city. The um and then uh. I know Moana is just like very tropical. So, did you have any thoughts on just the animation itself compared to some of the Disney stuff we've seen the last few years? Yeah, I'll say that uh, going back to Inside Out, what Pixar did with Inside Out in 2015, and then uh, just seeing Zootopia and the Land of the Dead and Coco, and now the internet, I just think they've become incredibly ambitious when it comes to environments. And these movies are just all the better for it. Like, I think. Um, it really gives you a sense of like the scope and the size of the world. And like one of the big things about these classic Disney movies is sort of the epic scope of it. Like a lot of them are big journey movies and um, like almost fairy tale esque like uh, backdrops, you know, or, or, you know, well, they, a lot of them are fairy tales, but you know what I mean? Like it's all very epic uh, adventure backdrops. And I think the really cool thing about computer animation now is they've gotten so good at environments and set building that, they've been able to do things like build an entire city of Zootopia with like four different boroughs that are all completely different or 
build the headquarters of the mind or, you know, imagination land and all that stuff. And then even with the internet, just having this whole thing. So I think it's a really cool, interesting thing that you can do in animation. That's just, I mean, the scope of it's just not even possible in live action. So it's giving you something like completely. Yeah, yeah. no, no, I think that's a good way to put it. And just that like, in theory, you'd be like, man, like have it, have, we haven't run out of ideas for like just where animated movies can be set like wouldn't they all maybe some people think they would just all look the same at this point but i mean mm-hmm. I, I get what you're saying about how the depth can just go like that much more i mean like you mentioned zootopia and just like the burrows and all that's like yeah we have in the real life we have like new york city which has a bunch of burrows but like you can and you've had millions of movies shot there but i mean it's still gonna look like new york or something like that and like where uh-huh. you, you can have so much more depth of just and density with animated movies and i think it's cool that like as we've gotten more technologically advanced they've found ways to utilize that so it doesn't feel like we're just like looking at the same thing every time which i mean me like being the cynical guy i was five years ago and maybe turning my nose up at animation probably would have just thought that you know so Mm -hmm. um i don't know it's uh i I, i'm I'm glad that they and i mean who knows maybe in six years they'll make another one of these and and maybe that's the thing it's like i mean they maybe they find ways to put a different spin on it where they explore different corners of the internet without like making it feel like because they're in those other corners therefore what we just saw in this movie is dated because as we talked about like i think they mostly made use of features that aren't going away but i think right. the same depth that we're talking about that animation allows you to go to i think it makes it more possible for them to like i mean you don't want to repeat the same plot line, but like it does seem like there's probably a lot more meat on the bone with how you can depict the internet than what this movie showed us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, yeah. And I guess um, one final point I wanted to touch on, I guess, is um, this is like the second ever theatrical sequel from Disney Animation. So every time they've made a property, every sequel has gone directly to video. Um, With the exception of The Rescuers Down Under was a sequel to The Rescuers, and that was a theatrical release. Not even And then (laughs) (laughs) it's um, these two mice who rescue an orphan from. um, It's been a while since I've seen it, Um, but that was like uh, like late eighties, early nineties. I did not realize. Wow. Okay, now I'm looking that up, and yeah, that's why I haven't heard of it because it came out before I was born. But I had not (laughs) thought of that. That like obviously Pixar's had sequels, but I did not think about Disney animation like never doing that before but it makes sense now that you say it and with frozen 2 coming out in theaters next year and then this being um the second highest grossing thanksgiving movie ever i think behind frozen (laughs) Hmm. uh i think i'm kind of interested to see where disney animation goes from here because their whole big thing is like originals 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 like everything that comes from Disney animation like generally has been something completely new and different. And I guess, you know, I wonder if they're going to continue to make sequels or, cause I know they still are making like, you know, they have original stuff in the pipeline, obviously, but I just wonder what their strategy will be moving forward. And, um, so th- yeah, cause I'm, yeah. So. No, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. And I hadn't, I mean, like, for, man, I, I just went on the Frozen's Wikipedia page. I mean, $1.2 billion off of $150 million budget. So, like, that, I, I mean, I guess I knew how big that was because I have, like, fr- family friends that have little kids and stuff, and they're into Frozen. And I guess they recently got get, got the ride at Epcot and stuff like that. So, like, I, I kind of knew it was a big deal, and the soundtrack was a big deal. But, like, I don't think I quite realized it made that much money. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I, 
I, I, I mean, hopefully they just, I mean, hopefully they continue to at least do what Pixar's doing. And if like you have a good idea for a sequel, then you do it. But like, take your time, like Toy Story does, you know, to like yeah, make sure it's good. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, not that like they waited as long between like Toy Story did between two and three or three and four. But I mean, mm-hmm. five years is still like a decent amount of time for and restraint for Hollywood these days to like yeah. make a sequel. So, I mean, hopefully that means that Frozen 2 is going to be legit. I just looked and I guess, um, or no, was I on the Frozen 2 page? No, I was on Frozen. Is Frozen 2 going to be a Thanksgiving movie too? Um, uh, I know they just changed the release date recently. I don't remember what it is, but I think it's either Thanksgiving or uh, December right around that time. So. Gotcha. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it says the feature-length sequel set for release November 22nd, 2019. So that'll okay. be that too. And yeah. Man, next year is going to be like freaking – Big for animation with uh, that and Toy Story Four, so uh, yet something to look forward to, I guess. Um, Disney Disney's going to break the box office record next year because yeah, they have geez. they have the what they have a, a Star Wars movie and uh, the Avengers, final Avengers movie. Like, that's, yeah. that's that's insane, and I guess they probably I don't I haven't really been like keeping that up with all the Marvel stuff, but I'm guessing there's like oh yeah, there's going to be another Spider Man movie too. So like. Yeah, they're. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna be. They're not gonna be hurting too much next year in the wallets. Um, nope. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you doing this show. I'm. No, we can. Uh, it's always good to have the insight of someone that is very close to this stuff on a daily basis. And I appreciate it. If anyone wants to follow you anywhere online to get your thoughts on movies and sports and all that, where can they do that? Uh, if you're a fan of uh, sad jaguar tweets, um, it's at Joe underscore Morgan uh yeah so on twitter and um yeah that's it <laughs> yeah and uh i know you'll you can find me on twitter at josh jernavoy j-o-s-h-j-u-r-n-o-v-o-y for all my stuff and letterbox uh same thing but two words so i thanks everyone for tuning in i think coming up soon we'll have podcasts on widows and uh, i don't know whatever else that someone sees and uh, wants to talk about because that's what we do here. So uh, stay tuned for that and we'll see you next time.